Welcome to an Aries and Pisces walk into a coffee shop, the podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Bridget, she, her. And I'm Tiffany, she, her. This is a podcast where two friends let go of perfectionism and talk unedited. We're doing a really good job, just, yeah. in, just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> we are. Um, I have been saying that to myself a lot, and it's in your voice in my oh, head. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. I have really been telling myself, I'm doing a good job. Everything's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything is okay. I'm doing a good job. Like, I like, don't know that I believe it, but yeah, um, I'm saying it. It's very sweet to hear that you're saying it in my voice. It wasn't a conscious decision either. Oh. It just happened where I would, because it's not my go-to to tell myself I'm doing a good job. Sometimes it's my... I've practiced saying things like I'm doing this because I'm caring for myself or mm -hmm. like I love myself or I deserve to have this kind of care. And then eventually when things are feeling really frustrating, what would pop in my head is you're doing a really good job, but it wasn't me saying it. <laughs> it was your voice just like popping in my head being like, yeah, you're doing a good job. And that's been very supportive and sweet. Uh, uh. Um, and I'm lucky that I have other people in my life to also reflect when I'm doing a good job, because I think we've talked about this before where it's like, even when you are doing a good job, it's like the goalpost move. Mm -hmm. So you're doing A, B, and C, but there's this nagging voice in my head that says, well, that's the bare minimum, though. You mm. could be doing mm. X, Y, and Z, and you should be. And so I've had other adults in my life be like, you know, the bare minimum that you were talking about? That's actually a lot because I like yeah. there are people in the world that struggle so much that they're not doing the, the feeding Fuck. and the washing and the making appointments and then actually showing up to them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Those things are hard. And some people can't do it. So I should be not discounting that I am doing those things. Yeah. That matters. Fucking hell. I get that reminder all the time in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for therapists, right? I know, right? And actually the last <laughs> adult that gave me that affirmation works as a therapist. So mm. <laughs> um, she knows how to speak to me because she was just like, I'm in a unique position that I actually work with people that also struggle with these things. And let me reflect back to you. Uh -huh. You're doing a good job. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't need to hear that. Shit. Shit. Um, real quick here. Can I, uh, mm -hmm. can you show me your, your shirt there? Oh yeah. I'd love um, to see this, this full il illustration. Yes. Let me, let me just adjust a little okay. bit. There we are. Very nice. There she is. Uh-huh. Big fan. This was a I think a birthday gift from Sam 
pretty sure it was a birthday. You get the best gifts. Like, people get you the best gifts. I almost lost you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. My reflexes, sharp. Like a cat. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm really blessed. I know a lot of really incredible gift givers. Um, (laughs) And it's so funny because when I compliment the people in my life about the gifts that they give me a lot of times they'll just tell me I'm easy to buy for as if it's something I'm doing (laughs) and they're not (laughs) isn't that like funny but they're like oh no no it's not me it's you (laughs) wow that's a okay I'm gonna have to think about that I I think I'm so impressed by gift giving I'm very impressed by your gift giving you have given me some absolute just amazing gifts and I gift giving is not my love language. That's a, it's hard for me. And so I, I, I'm very impressed by, by other people. So much. I'm blushing. Like I hurt because I'm super insecure about gift giving Mm, because I don't feel like it comes naturally to me either. And I try really hard. And so that it lands makes me feel (laughs) Because I'm always, I get stressed out about it because I'm just, I don't feel confident in that mm. language. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That it, I, uh, yeah, I, I also don't feel confident in it. And I want to give people gifts all the time. It's something Same. that I, that I want to do. And I feel like I just can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. I feel that way too. And so maybe the reframe is maybe you can figure it out. You're just telling yourself you can't because you just told me that I've given you incredible gifts and Mm -hmm. I guarantee I have been stressed out and not sure about almost every gift I've ever given. Hey, do you remember that one Christmas when we both gave each other the same exact (laughs) book by a (laughs) look? And you also got me fucking clean Harvey lipstick. <laughs> like, <laughs> what could be better than that? All right, I think that might have been the one time where I wasn't super insecure because we've talked about a look enough that I think I felt pretty good about that one. But I don't know if I'm projecting this or if this was an actual thought I had at the time where I wasn't sure if you already had it. Yeah, I think that that's what that's what you said, and I was like, no, I didn't. I was like, I had it in my possession to about to give it to you, but I didn't have it for myself. (laughs) And also like for you, like sometimes I'm not sure what is something you'll want to have in key. I must be the hardest person to buy shit for. Like if someone wants to buy something for me, like. That's why like the book felt a little risky because I was like, well, maybe it's just like having read, but then this is how I justified it and like pushed through and gave it to you anyway because I had a couple of different thoughts one thought was well um a book by a loke is a gift that keeps on giving because you can Mm -hmm. keep on returning to it or if you decided okay I read this and I don't need to have it my thought was you could just pay it forward to someone else yeah and that's also really nice and so I got it hang on hang on one second of course okay better um I must have like, so it's the cold season. I get Mm -hmm. extremely dry skin, especially in my nose. 
and I think I like touched it something with my nose ring and then it was bleeding. And then I was oh. like, oh great, I have a black tissue. I can't tell if it is like... Yeah, I can't tell how bad or what's going on. <laughs> I think I'm... Oh, happy I think winter. I'm okay. I'm, I'm also like this I'm sorry. I, yeah, I cut, I cut right into that because I wasn't exactly sure how much... What was going to happen? <laughs> so you, fair. What, what were you saying? I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize for having a body. <laughs> that was just like the realest thing that just... I don't think that that's something that I ever, um, you know, that's something I would try to like hide. <laughs> um, yeah, very relatable my whole life because yeah. I'm very prone to nosebleeds in my entire life. Uh, I have um, tried to hide, minimize, not talk about, be embarrassed by, <laughs> apologize yeah, for. Yeah, it's happened to me, yes, my whole life mm -hmm. too. Like, in the middle of school all over my science book you just you know like great it's so funny my first as I was mm. speaking I have a visceral memory of when I was a kid um I don't know if your school did this when you're small and in like those group formation desks so there's like four of you like with desks pushed together and you're like okay. looking at each other okay and so then when you would take tests they would have us put folders up around us oh, okay. to hide our papers to minimize any chance of a kid like looking over and cheating because mm -hmm. we're all at the same table. And I have a vivid memory of in the middle of a test, basically what happened to you happened to me as a kid <laughs> where it's just like, it's cold season. I'm all dehydrated because we also weren't allowed to have water at our desk back then. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Because it would be a distraction or we would make a mess or whatever. <laughs> and I remember having, like, what I thought was a runny nose uh. and, like, wiping and, like, what, reaching for tissues at the same time and then looking down and it's just, like, blood everywhere. And, like, I'm so embarrassed and, like, trying to hide it. And um, doing a pretty good job because we were in the folders. But, like, it was getting all over my test and on my hands. And then I'm, like, rummaging around. And then I got really stressed that I was going to get accused of cheating because I was trying to find the more tissues. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember what happened, like, after that. Obviously, someone had to have cleaned me up because it was everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I, I was, I guess, so traumatic. I blocked it out. I just remember the initial, like, embarrassment and panic. And then I have a vague... I don't know if it happened this time or it just was a thing that happened to me multiple times where then because kids are assholes, mm -hmm. um, I would get accused of picking my nose all the time mm -hmm. because if my nose was bleeding, that obviously meant that oh, I was that picking my nose. That's what you were doing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. so uh, I got bullied a lot as a kid. God damn it. <laughs> a long way to put that. <laughs> Uh, as if bleeding from the face in public isn't, isn't bad, bad enough, enough right uh, isn't that terrible yeah I, I always picked my nose but I don't think that that caused the bleeding no it's that, just that was the completely like independent thing isn't that stupid just stupid shit that people make fun of people for mm -hmm. just let yeah. them just let them have their own body mm -hmm. that's it it doesn't fucking matter what does it matter if you pick your nose yeah. I pick it now. If there's something in there, I want to get it out. 
uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I've been finding, oh, let me tell you the most beautiful thing. So, again, apologizing for having a body. Like, my whole life, I've had a hard time with just having one and then having it take up space and being in the world. And last night, um, I was out with a group of friends sitting at a table and there was a lot of us. So we were kind of like crammed around this table and because of who I am as a person and the way I need to fidget and move around and sit and these chairs weren't comfortable. And, uh, I just kept on moving and like, you know, rearranging my legs. And at one point I got real comfortable, but like cross-legged on a chair and my friend had, I think, oh yeah, went outside. And so when they came back to sit, they ended up not having a lot less space because I <laughs> had now found the perfect position to be comfortable uh -huh. in, which is <laughs> cross-legged hanging over my chair. And they were trying to like get comfortable and like bumped my leg and apologize. And I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm just taking up a lot of space. And as I started to like move and adjust, I almost lost you again. I really should just... <laughs> put this in a more secure but I'm not going to um, uh, as I was about to move to like adjust to get, like give my friend more space he looked over and he's like girl you deserve to take up space take all the space you need and like <laughs> shifted so I didn't it's like what it touched me so deeply and he just said it like so nonchalant and like no big deal and I was just like this is a profound moment mm. in my life mm -hmm. <sighs> mm -hmm. to be seen and given permission and like and of course you should take up space yeah <gasps> what a beautiful gift to give to somebody oh that is very nice mm-hmm Oh, I'm glad really that like you the had people that. I'm getting to know. Yes, I love <laughs> I love that for you so much. I'm a bit envious over here. I miss having that like a like a big group. You know, it's felt I yeah. felt so it's like solitary, mm -hmm. especially like from the pandemic and everything. And yeah. I just I um I think that I hadn't realized how much I really hadn't even just gone out mm -hmm. to like experience the public <laughs> and yeah and I'm just really missing like being able to do things I was seeing everybody's Halloween pictures and everything yesterday and I just really missed it. Like I miss going out on Halloween and dressing up and having things to do. And I feel like I just haven't had things to do or people to do them with for a long time. Yeah. And I, it's like really hitting me now. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's, I want that. I miss that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think for me, a big motivator to moving out of the suburbs and into the city was that feeling of 
I had to do so much preparation and energy expenditure to hang out with people that I really enjoy mm. that I was feeling really isolated in the suburbs. Like I could make the drive and I was making the drive, but it was just so draining and it's hard to do things with people in a more spontaneous way when you have to do that much preparation. And mm -hmm. also because people know that it's hard, they tend to not invite you mm. as much, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but also it just made me feel like, well, I don't know. Like when I moved here, it was a little bit of a gamble because I didn't, I didn't know if they weren't inviting me because of that specifically mm. or if it was just a, they didn't think about me. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe I felt more about them than they felt about me. And one of the great gifts of taking that risk and moving out here is I'm finding out that that wasn't the case. Yay. <laughs> it was just, people didn't think to invite me on an impromptu outing on a weekday when they knew I had to drive an hour plus sometimes right. to get there. Yeah, that's, I guess that would, oh, wow. Uh-huh. That would Is be it dawning like, on you? Well, yeah, because yep. I'm like, okay, if you're driving an hour away, that's like me driving to Pittsburgh to go out yeah. with my friends. Mm -hmm. And now that's making like so much sense because I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that on like a weeknight. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, I haven't really pursued relationships out that way as much because that is so far away but if I think about it in terms of time mm -hmm. that that's what that would be like for me wow yeah a lot of energy expenditure oh boy especially because it was unpredictable too because since it, it took that long based on traffic mm -hmm. sometimes it could be shorter some most of the time it was longer so like an hour is kind of the average, but like there's been times where the traffic was bad enough that it was like an hour and a half just to get to where I was going. Um, and normally the back going back home was better because it was later and the traffic wasn't as terrible. But yeah, just like being stuck in traffic and like all those cars and not just just not really knowing how long it was going to take. So stressful. No, thank you. I'm glad that you don't have to do that. Anymore. Me too. I had a really nice moment of um, getting to feel that in a deeper way. Um, I went out last week and one of my friends who does live in the suburbs was coming into the city to meet me. And for me, the drive was 20 minutes and she messaged, she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm just going to have to meet you at the event. Like I'm not going to have time to get dinner. Traffic's so bad right now. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the map and it was an hour and a half for her to Ew. get to where I was going, which was only 20 minutes now that I live here. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, that right. was you. This feels so much better being here. <laughs> yeah, I love that for you. Thank you. I'm ready to take my nose off. Yeah, having a body is really difficult under the best of circumstances. And as soon as the weather changes, oh it gets even God. harder. Yeah, I'm so ready to be in a warm, sunny place. <laughs> Okay, so you had mentioned that, and I have a question for you. Ask me about all the questions. I fucking love questions. Warm, sunny. <laughs> yes. What? Because, so we just went through our initial autumn and our spooky mm -hmm. season, mm -hmm. and Halloween was yesterday, and now mm -hmm. it's like autumn, November, harvest time. 
I love this time period so much because of what's happening outside. The leaf changes. I even like those first mornings where it starts getting like a little cold, which is weird for me to say because, you know, I have like struggles with the cold. Yeah. But there is something that's like exciting to me about witnessing things changing in the cycles. And I get just as excited in spring, like that first time you start actually being able to smell the dirt again Mm. and those little green buds. So like as much as I complain about winter and I get really stressed out about having to travel on the roads when Mm -hmm. the weather's poor, Mm -hmm. when I think about living in a place where the change of seasons doesn't happen like that. I start getting anxious oh, wow. and that's why I don't think I could ever live somewhere like that. And so my question is, yeah. what do you think about that? What do I think about that? I think that this is definitely something that I have heard from multiple people mm-hmm. it is the, well, okay. If you go and move to a place like that is warmer, etc., you're not going to have seasons in the same way. And especially from that is, what I think a lot of people around here like to have is the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think didn't occur to me until I heard other people mentioning it, that, mm-hmm. but then it got me thinking like, okay, well, am I going to miss the seasons in this way? And my gut tells me absolutely not. Like I'm ready for the motherfucking sunshine and for my body mm-hmm. to be at like a, a more, evenly regulated temperature. I know it's still going to shift and change. However, the, uh, you know, the scale with which we're like negative 15 in the winter and like 89 in the summer, and then just the insane shifts in between. I would much rather be in a place that is from, you know, like 50 to 80. Right. Or like that's, it just doesn't, I don't want, I don't, I don't want these extremes. It's, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not interested anymore. And I also am acknowledging that I'm not going to fully be able to be like, yeah, I'm going to miss the seasons or no, I'm not gonna until I experience it because I've never experienced it any yeah. other way. I've always had the seasons. I mean, I guess like the cl- I don't know if like the closest would be that we would go to North Carolina almost every Christmas to visit family. Oh, sure. But that's Mm -hmm. like Charlotte. Um, And it was still very cold down there in the winter. Like you got to have a coat on or a jacket, depending on how cold it actually got. But I, I still do think like it's seasonal down there. Right but it's not as drastic. Sure. Yeah. I actually had that thought the other day when we were messaging and you said something about the temperature and being ready to move somewhere warm and sunny. My first instinct was to be like, I wonder what the temperature in Asheville is Mm. right now. And I looked it up and it was high (laughs) forties. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cause we went, um, uh, Beginning of 2020, we did a family trip 
in the fucking like mountains near Asheville or mm-hmm. some somewhere close to there. It was so fucking cold and it well, snowed. And I was like, yeah. this is ter- I'm not a mountains or woods like no, no thank you. Yeah, cuz when you said warm and sunny, I was like, well, what's just further south but still like near where you're at? Right. And that Asheville is the first thing that popped in my head cuz I visited there and I know it's beautiful. And as soon as I looked and I was like, oh, it's high 40s and I was like, well, and it's in the mountains. And I was like, that's not what, that's, that's not, not what a I'm stepping looking. stone either. <laughs> you have to that's go not further. what I'm looking for. No. And I mean, I have considered like the Charlotte area because I have a bunch of family down there. Yeah. I've also considered Atlanta. I have family there. Mm-hmm. And, but I really want to be at the fucking beach. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain and convinced that it's not the East Coast beach. Yeah. Because I've been to enough of East Coast Beach and it's just not the it's just not the vibe. It's not what you want, no. No, it's not. It's not what I want. Um so yeah, I was uh, very highly considering moving to Pittsburgh as a stepping stone to like mm-hmm. getting to a really cool city, checking it out, vibing it out. We really like Pittsburgh. That sounded very cool and exciting in my brain. But now I'm back to, I just want to be. Well, winter came for you. Yeah. (laughs) Because when you were thinking about Pittsburgh, you were still in summertime. Yeah. (laughs) I still think it's a good idea, but I also see what you're saying. And that's why I asked about like what you're thinking about that, because yes, I have my own hangups about the changing weather and the extremes. But I also know some things about myself like, yeah, I've never lived anywhere without seasons either. But I know that the way I have enjoyed them is something I would miss in the same way that when I moved to Indiana, it took me a minute to figure it out. But I'm not a flatlands kind of gal. I don't like Hmm. living in the plains. Even Chicago is a little hard for me, but it's a little bit better. Um But in Indiana, like the way that the land just sprawled forever was genuinely unsettling to me. (laughs) Like, it took me a while to like get used to it. Interesting. I don't even think I can picture what you're talking about. I don't even know. Like, just so. (laughs) 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 It was just so flat and so. Spacious, which sounds nice when you hear spacious. It sounds like it should be a good thing. But it was like unsettling in the sense of I would easily get turned around and everything looked the same. Because mm. no matter like where you're looking on the horizon, it's just land and horizon. So there's like no real point of reference. And that felt weird. And there would be times, which I did learn to appreciate this, but it was unsettling to me at first, where you would be driving down a road and you would look to your right and it would be blue skies, sunny, beautiful. And you would look to your left and it would be black. And it was just because, but it felt like it was like closing in on you on both sides and it just felt really like strange, but it's just because there was so much space and nothing obstructing it and nothing stopping the weather 
from like sitting anywhere that you could like watch the black storm coming in while it's sunny over there. It was just very bizarre. Also allowed for a lot of rainbows though. And that was cool. Okay. I feel like I remember you mentioning that before. Yeah, yeah. Indiana gave me the most rainbows, which was really, really beautiful. So like I ended up learning to appreciate some of the things, but I never loved that. Like I wouldn't want to ever just live somewhere that was that completely flat. Cause at least with like where I live now, I could drive like a couple hours and be in like more of an interesting um environment, something with like hills, a little bit of like, you know, incline, some elevation. But Indiana, you can literally just drive for hours and hours and hours and there's just flat. That's <laughs> just what it is. There's nowhere to go walking. That's not just flat. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not a prairie gal. I just I'm not about it. A prairie gal. Mm. Not for me. Mm. Yeah, I'd venture to say that's probably not for me either. Um, just gonna go out on a limb here. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no beaches nearby, that's for sure. Yeah. Although the Indiana Dunes were nice. I mean, lake, but, you know, that was, that was a good excursion, but not the same. Yeah, people have asked me about going to local beaches here if I if I indulge in that. And I only have like a couple times. It was with Christy, who is just mm. super adventurous and great at planning things. And I need someone like that <laughs> in my life to get me to actually do like to be able to go and do the things and be at the places but those were still kind of far away, like an hour or an hour or something yeah. away. And that to me just doesn't, I'm just not thinking about that. I want to be in a car for that long <laughs> when I so, want to go somewhere. And when you per Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I guess it just wasn't also the ideal beach setup. Like when I'm going to fucking Lake Erie, like I no, I want to go to the coast. I want to go to the ocean. Like I want it, and I want it to be a bit warmer, mm -hmm. sunnier. <laughs> so when you project yourself into the future, living somewhere warm and sunny, are you like living right next to the beach, like walking distance, or is it oh, an hour drive would be worth it if it was sunny ocean beach? Um, I can tell you what this, this future vision that I have visited many times, mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I a hundred percent understand it or if it, if it fits, mm -hmm. but what it looks like in my mind is that I am either in like a home unit thing that is either with some other like homes or more closely in like a city capacity but it's like you can see the beach like some ways I would I could just drive there I could see it it's not I'm not like walking there mm -hmm. but I'm certainly not driving an hour okay 
So driving distance, but not an hour driving distance. Yeah. Okay. That would be cool. <laughs> I agree. That would be really cool. It makes me think of, um, I mean, very different vibe because of location, but that book that we read, Wintering by, was it mm. Catherine May? Maybe. I think. And she lived near the yeah. coast. Um, obviously. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> because of location, it was a wintry walk on the beach, but it, that's like immediately like where my mind passed it to of like, even as she was describing how cold it was. I still had the thought, how amazing would it be, though, just to be like, all right, I'm leaving my house, and now I'm walking next to the ocean. Yeah. Like, that just, wow. I, People live like that. Yeah, and I and I am more thinking about that, <sighs> like, winter on a beach, not necessarily it's hot on the beach, but, like, maybe you, you, you go Ooh. and you're still bundled up, especially as I'm following Erica's moving journey mm -hmm. and I, just completely blown away and inspired by it and yeah. all these pictures of them just like okay we're going on our daily walk on the beach they're all bundled up because they're up north mm -hmm. and it's got to be cold right so they're all like bundled up but I'm like okay if I because I so I'm thinking of my practices that I have now. Yeah. I go for a walk almost every day, even in the winter. Mm -hmm. And I'm completely bundled up. I have to be in order mm -hmm. to, to do it. But yeah, what if instead of walking around a boring ass neighborhood, I was walking on the beach? Mm -hmm. Like, so I feel like even if, I don't know. I don't know if this is like, toying around in here with that I don't need to be in a place that is warm and sunny all of the time but if I'm in a place that is warmer and sunnier and I'm in a location that I really enjoy mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense to me that maybe I, I wouldn't mean, hate the cold as much or at least it would be easier to deal with perhaps I think I'm, that the cold would be easier to deal with if it didn't get as cold as it does here yeah and it, it is really hard when like you said it's the extremes and it's just up and down like mm -hmm. what did I text you last week I was sitting on a patio drinking a beer and then this week I'm like freezing it's snowing <laughs> yeah just one week ago. It's very confusing for the system, I it's think. It's very confusing. Which makes me laugh sometimes when I consider just the ancestors of the human race. Because, like, humans have lived in this environment. And, like, thinking about that with all of our modern conveniences and how hard it is. And then stripping away one by one all of those conveniences. I'm like... We really needed that community, huh? Mm -hmm. Like, what would... It just blows my mind that people survive for so long in environments like this. Um, but I'm coming from it from, like, you know, our societal perspective, which is very solitary. Mm -hmm. um, not very village-oriented, but it does make me appreciate the human race in a different way when I consider 
how much we have to go through <laughs> for us to exist. Uh, yeah. Life's fucking crazy. This world is crazy. It's hard to live in. Yeah, it is. <sighs> I've obviously been still deep in the considering ancestors uh, work. I mean, Halloween has passed, but like I said before we started recording, uh, I'm still very much in the mindset of the veil is thin and thinking about ancestors and that like death life cycles and the continuation the spiral if you will (laughs) (laughs) i i would be interested to hear if you if you want to share what sorts of things you are doing in that like practice because i i found myself not even knowing when halloween was this year of just like not Mm. paying attention <clears throat> and then everybody's like, oh, the veil is thin, do, do ancestor work, all this stuff. And I'm just like, listen, I'm just trying to fucking get by here. Like, I can't, I don't know. <clears throat> and also, I've I've never really done a bunch of ancestor work, just mm-hmm. like some things here and there. So it is kind of fascinating to me to hear what other people are doing. For me, I've had a hard time with ancestor work because I felt very disconnected from a lot of my family. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at a lot of the ancestors that I know, very religious, very Mm -hmm. conservative, a lot of mental health issues. So like for me, I've had a hard time um, finding my way to it because when I hear other people that like have a strong ancestral like practice, it's like they had a very wise grandmother that they admire and who taught them a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love my grandparents, but like I didn't have the, whatever that was. Right. I had some. I had a lot of love <clears throat> and care, but I also had a lot of like generational trauma <laughs> and uh, judgment. And so I had a hard time. And then, I don't know how many years ago, handful of years, I kind of found my way to ancestor work by basically what I just said, kind of considering all the effort and resilience that had to have happened for all of those generations to then for me to exist as I do. And that was kind of my way in to kind Mm. of make it a little less personal, ironically, where I'm just like, oh, that's just kind of fascinating to think about all of the effort and resilience and love and like determination that all of those generations of people had to go through for me to exist. And one of the ways that I found really comforting to me um, to spend time with that was just to make recipes from Mm. my family Or one of the other things that I started doing was not just recipes like that, like my family made, but kind of researching different regions that different ancestors would be from, and then trying to make those recipes. And a lot of like my family's comfort foods do come from like different regions of um, where our ancestors originally came from before they came to the States. 
Um, so I've been making more of an effort around this time of year. And it's not always like on Halloween, but like end of October, beginning of November, I tend to like mindfully make a meal that hmm. came from my family background and just really consider this idea of we've made it and how kind of spectacularly um, inconceivable that is when you really think about everything yeah. that has to go into existing. Right. And part of why I've had a hard time with ancestor work is this idea that I don't think a lot of my immediate ancestors or not even immediate further back. I mean, they're all like colonized and Christian, you know, faiths, a lot of European history there and I had this sense of I don't know so much that my ancestors would be super proud mm. of like their super queer polyamorous <laughs> witch ancestor like maybe in the bigger grander <laughs> scheme of things mm -hmm. sure but like when I think of my ancestors and who they were as humans on the earth I have a right. really hard time being like connecting with them yeah yeah, yeah. But when I'm cooking their recipes and making their food and thinking about them seeing that we are still doing that or the, how easy it is for me to do that. I go to the store and I buy some things and I come home and I'm using my electronics to like mash potatoes, for example. Mm -hmm. And like past ancestors would have had to toil in a field, dig up those mm. potatoes themselves <clears throat> and like hand mash those after making a fire to yeah. boil it. And I'm just like, I wonder if they're just like, wow, what magic? Uh -huh. Like, look how easy that mashed potato dish was for you. Like we've done so much toiling and now you get to do this easier so that I can focus on other things like dismantling capitalism and <laughs> deconditioning that puritanical nonsense from right. the way that I live. I think that's a very beautiful way of connecting with the, with the food like that. And that also is making me giggle a little bit because I was at the grocery store last night and I looked at the cans of soup, which I haven't looked at in a really long time. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that Gardein, the meatless company, Ooh. had a few soups. And one of them was a vegetable beef, like beefless yeah. vegetarian one. And that is one of our, I guess, like our family's some of our dinners that would be comfort foods were very mm -hmm. centered around meat and potatoes and vegetables and like the meat and the gravy and the, and things like that. So a beef stew to me is just like, holy shit. Absolutely. Yes. I haven't had a beef stew in so many years and I'm not huge on like meat substitutes. There are a few that I'm okay mm -hmm. with. So I am not 100% sure how I'm going to feel about this soup. However, I find that it is very funny that we are having this conversation here today. I literally saw it out of who knows why I decided right on Halloween mm -hmm. to like walk down that aisle and look and then see that and choose it. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, somebody, somebody in there like... <laughs> 
somebody in there talking to me. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is a very lovely synchronicity. <laughs> huh. uh, so that feels even more special now that that we talked about that. I had something else that I was going to... Oh, I have read about ancestor work or something. I had probably a blog post or a newsletter. Mm. I don't remember who wrote it, but about if you don't necessarily resonate with your direct bloodline ancestors in that way, but of the way that they look at ancestor work is much more broad. Oh, yes. I do this as well. Okay. Because that mm -hmm. really, for me... I mean, because this is also, I just don't really resonate with ancestor work in that a lot of the ways that you just described. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so learning that people are doing it in these other ways, connecting with different kinds of ancestors, whether it's your queer ancestors mm -hmm. or whether, you know, in whatever kind of group or whoever you're connecting with, I think that that's a, I think that's a really cool way to think about it. I love that too. And I never thought of it as ancestor work, but I did do things in the past. I mean, I didn't think about it as ancestor work, but I thought about things as like lineages or inspiration. So like artists that really resonated with me that felt like they were somehow part of my kin. Mm. Um, and then that as I got older and realized how much queer history I just don't have because mm -hmm. of how society is, I started learning more about queer history. And that also felt like, um, like being really reverent to generations that came before, even though they're not like blood related to me, have the lineage that I have, which whether that's like, you know, an artistic lean or queerness. Um, and then I think it was a couple of years ago, Pam Grossman, who does the Witch Wave podcast and um, her poet um, friend, Janica Stuckey, um, they did, they co-hosted a like workshop about ancestor um, work and did like a whole presentation on like that broad definition mm -hmm. of like, you could set up your altar with anybody that resonates with you musicians artists whatever and that felt really cozy to me especially as I started thinking about mm, a couple of different things one being just like chosen family and adopted mm -hmm. families like mm -hmm. I have figures in my life that I'm not related to but feel very nurturing and mothering or like auntie vibes because like I was not I didn't have like aunt relationships growing up mm. um I had aunts but like not the relationship of <laughs> yeah um and that made it feel cozier to me and then as I started thinking about it my thought was I can't be the only one in my lineage that had feelings like I do mm. like in all the generations I couldn't have been the only queer person in my lineage mm -hmm. so then when I started doing ancestor work 
pulling like queer influences, then my thought was like, I'm doing this also for all the people in my direct lineage that didn't get to be able to be themselves, know themselves or have words for mm-hmm. what they were feeling and thinking. And I really like thinking about that. Like they get to live vicariously through me now and I exist because they existed and that feels really cozy to me. Oh yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. And also bringing us back uh, full circle. I'm just peeking through the uh, space between my computer screens here and my altar space is right there and it's a double shelf And on that second shelf, I have some things. And one of those things is, is a loak is the book from you. And so I can see them looking at me right there. And I love that that is where I've chosen to keep that book. I don't, it's not something I, I reach and grab for a lot or often, but just occasionally, but I, it feels a hundred percent right to be Mm -hmm. part of that space so hearing you talk about like queer ancestors and learning more about queer history and connecting with that I'm like oh this makes a lot of sense that I put a piece of art by someone like them um, in this space that's that's very important and I also really love the idea that relating back to people in my bloodline that yes they probably felt this way but mm-hmm. they weren't able to express it. Mm-hmm. And isn't that beautiful to be that person who can, who that can come through? Yeah. I'm very like, especially now I think that as we're dismantling some things, like we get to express things that in the past would have been much harder. I mean, it's hard now, but just in a different way. But, like, I think about even just, like, a couple generations back had one of my grandparents, like, really decided, oh, we're not Christian. How alienating and alone and, like, persecuted they would have been Mm -hmm. by their family and the community. And I get to be, like, an out and loud witch and my family loves me. And, like, my niece is asking about tarot and she's dabbling. (laughs) And just, like, just a couple of generations back, like, it just would have been so much harder Mm -hmm. And it just makes me think like, there's just no way that in all of the history of my family, there weren't any queer people or people that were like, I don't know about all this Christian stuff. Like, and if you keep on going back, eventually there wasn't Christianity. And that's cool to think about because I'm like, I wonder Mm. how they saw the world. And I wonder if I can go deep enough that maybe I can talk to those people Mm-hmm. and find out how they were thinking and feeling about the world. And I wonder if it's very aligned or can open up avenues that I just haven't even been able to consider yet. That feels magic. I felt it. I felt it tingles <sighs> down my legs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Giving me, giving me some of the things to think about. That's why I like this time of year even as it gets colder and I get a little nervous, it does make me, well, I feel closer to death, I guess is what it is, which then makes me feel closer to spirit. (laughs) And I really get grounded, I think, this time of year. 
in Mm -hmm. a way that it's harder for me to access other times of the year. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to chew on that. Mm. (laughs) Okay. 